Mixed up. Yep. All night long. Long. Exactly. For some reason, I was I love giving that those song. two. Yeah, me too. <laughs> who Who is this? Is that a Lionel, Lionel Richie? Richie? I think. Yeah. Oh God, he has the best music video. Of that song "Hello." That is the best music video it's ever. Pretty made. good. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like that girl is making a clay like face of him. Yeah, and it just looks like a lion. Yeah, it looks just... <laughs> like the beast from Beauty and the Beast, Ron Perlman. Right? It really does. It really does, dude. That is, Lionel you know Richie, what though? Man. It is amazing for a blind mm. person. It's an mm. amazing sculpture. <laughs> it is. I forgot she was blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally so I think it turned out really good. It's better I, than any sighted person that I know personally. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. So I, mean, I don't know. It makes sense she got in the music video. Because she's yeah. the best blind sculptor, but it still kind of looks like a giant Ron Perlman lion face. It really does. Greetings, citizens of Earth. Welcome to Accelerative Thrust. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And today we are going to be doing something once again that is totally out of left field for the show. Uh, we kind of joked about it on the last episode, uh, but then we decided we were serious about it. And that is we're going to talk about our favorite album covers. We're going to do our top 10 favorite album covers in no particular order. So just uh, be aware, this is not going to be a ranking by either of us. We're also going to talk about our uh, honorable mentions as well. So mm. that's going to be coming up. So you have a lot to look forward to in the next 52 minutes or however long this episode ends up being. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who yeah, knows? It's hard depends on how much dumb shit we say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And just and then how, how much of it is uh, savable. Yeah. If all we say is smart, funny shit, this could be like three hours long. Oh, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. But it's probably going to be about an hour. But uh, anyway, I just want to remind everybody that uh, we are on uh, all the streaming platforms now. Well, not all of them, but we're on uh, a few of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say probably 0.8889% of them or something like that. Yeah, that, um, solid, solid math. You know, the ones that are important of course are um spotify content made right transistor um uh, uh google and uh who what are the other ones here eric i'm drawing a blank i don't know that's, i think that's pretty that's much probably it. good and yeah. honestly if you're hearing this you've probably figured out a way to listen to it you probably have um <laughs> but i'm doing it for the people who are listening for the first time and I'm right. hoping that there's some of you that have discovered, uh, you know, that would be great. But I want to, in any case, whoever this is that's listening, thank you for supporting the podcast. Yes. Thank you, uh, stranger. We're all the way up to episode 58 now. This is wow, awesome. Yeah. So uh, also just a reminder that uh, if you want us to cover any artists, let us know. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Shoot us a message. Leave a comment. Um, doesn't matter, um, artist, local or non-local, if you have a record you think that we would like that you want us to review, um, that's cool. If you're 
know of any, uh, if you have any suggestions for any local Iowa or Illinois artists that should be guests on our show, let us know. Yeah. Um, especially if you are one of those musicians yeah. or artists, let us know if you want to be on the show. I, hey, um, I was thinking maybe we should expand that maybe to like, let's say 50 miles outside the border of Iowa, like all the way around. Cause I was thinking like, what, what are the other places? Council, uh, what's council bluffs? Council bluffs, Omaha, you know, stuff yeah, like Omaha. That. Yeah. 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 yeah those things are real close. Mostly Iowa is what we're talking about. Guys. Yeah. Mostly Iowa, but, you know, and that, that mostly is because that's where we're from. Right. But I mean, I consider the quad cities, mm -hmm. regardless of if it's Illinois or regardless of if it's Bettendorf, I consider that all part of well, you know, technically it's wrong, but in my mind, I consider it as much a part of the Iowa scene as it, it's um, like the Vatican, the quad cities is its own uh, state. Exactly. They have exactly. their own laws. I mean, as far as I can, <laughs> they're like Hinkyville. You ever been to Hinkyville? Uh, no, I thought you said Kinkyville, and I was like, no. I haven't been there in a while. Kinky, kinky. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, sorry. Hinkyville is this little small town in Iowa. It's mm. uh, it, it's it's in the back of a gravel road. Like you go back there, and it is this small town called Hinkyville. It's a pretty cool place. It's a bunch of yeah, cabins. I don't know if people actually live there or not, but there's actually like a sign back there that says uh, slow down to like 15 miles an hour with like a picture of a shotgun. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, I don't know. I it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool place though. I, I remember I went to a, uh, a party and uh, pretty nice, pretty wow. nice. Uh, even though, even though despite, <laughs> despite that picture, I didn't get any bad vibes from the place at all, oh. honestly, you know, despite that picture. Uh, and I don't know, that picture might not even be there anymore. Hmm. It was in like 2005, though. Oh. Lots of pictures were still up in 2005. <laughs> that are mm. now down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could be. Could be. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, before oh. we get to our record covers... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some news. All right. What do you guys what do you, think? What do you What do you got? Okay, so the first thing I got is <laughs> about Beavis and Butthead. Uh, yeah. Uh, so apparently okay. they're they're coming back and they're apparently all grown up. Although this article, which is from I'm getting this from Metal Injection, mm -hmm. it's coming back with a brand new movie. Uh, Mike Judge himself is saying this, but I guess there's like. The only thing that he's really giving out was this very, this picture, which has a very old looking Beavis and Butthead. Hmm. So I guess maybe the idea behind it is that they're like going to be like old, like they're actually going to age. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what, I don't know if, I don't know if that can be pulled off in the same in, in, a, in a good way or not, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, Beavis and Butthead is still, in my opinion, one of the greatest things to ever grace the television screen. I used to watch it religiously. Uh, I mean, is it has it aged well? I don't know. I, I do remember that in 2011 or something like that, it came back for like one season. Oh, yeah. And they... Yeah, and they were it was like a reboot, but it, it what was great about it, and I talked with our enemy Chuck about this. It it felt like 19 like 1996, like they were just returning from 1996. Like it felt like mm. 
the next week of a new episode uh, mm. with the exception of they didn't just talk and laugh at videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also talked and laughed at clips of Jersey shore and other oh. like reality reality shows like uh-huh. on MTV as well as videos. Okay. But it was still, in my opinion, that season, that reboot season that only lasted one season mm-hmm. was just as good as the nineties Beavis and Butthead. Wow. Yeah. I watched, <laughs> I watched it a lot. Uh, the, here's the thing that happened and I'm not going to name any names or whatever. Um, but I had a friend who, two friends, in fact, that they were like really close friends. And then I was friends with them, you know, third wheel. And before that, they didn't have any sort of like discernible personality of their own. So they became Beavis and Butthead. And so every time I talked (laughs) to them and hung out, it was just like hanging out with Beavis and Butthead. They would literally do (laughs) the Beavis and Butthead impression. The impersonations. All the time. Like that was their existence. It was okay. <laughs> Interesting. But, but then, you know, whenever Beavis and Butthead came on, I was kind of like, well, I don't have to listen to it anymore. So I would, uh, yeah, right. I didn't watch it quite as much because I had two friends that uh, morphed or uh, transformed into uh, Beavis and Butthead. So that's sort of, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure our enemy Chuck will remember exactly who I'm talking about. So. <laughs> enemy Chuck sounds like a good band name. Um, I, I already have. It's already started. We haven't even it's, out. it's there right now. <laughs> it's called uh, Piece of Human Garbage, in parentheses, go eat shit. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, so it's really like, good. Is it yeah. G-E-S? Is it abbreviated? Like, go eat shit? Oh no, no. Because oh no, you're the just... chorus is human piece of garbage. Go eat shit. It's like a gang vocal. Oh man. Yeah. Dude, it's that a... sounds yeah, Fantastic. it's gonna be pretty sick. Oh man. Oh my god. All right. Whew. <laughs> so the next piece <laughs> of news I got here. This is this is a bizarre one, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh so ex-cold chamber bassist Raina Foss. Mm-hmm. It was reported last week that she has been missing since last September. But now, according oh. to Raina's daughter, Kayla Rose, Raina is not missing, and Kayla has spoken to her as recently as a few days ago. Kaylin, Kayla, her daughter, added that she has a message in the New Orleans Police Department of advising them of this and is waiting for them to respond. And she has no idea where this came from that she has been missing since September. So she and so a- like, I, I don't know. I thought it was really weird when I saw like, okay, she's been missing since September. Why are you guys just now reporting it in January? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's really weird. Like I was like, there's something weird about that. Yeah. And uh, her daughter Kayla is like, I'm confused where all of this started from, but it can stop now. Dang. But apparently there's also been other stories about Dez, uh, who was all who was the singer of Cold Chamber hmm. and a feud with her father Morgan, which oh. I guess would have been like the ex, maybe husband of Raina, the bass player, but apparently those are false also. Uh, so it sounds like there's a lot of uh, misinformation being spread about Cold Chamber for some reason. 
Nice. Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. that's weird. That's... Got to stay current somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe they're just making all this shit up. Hey, Who knows? T- just tell them I'm missing. That'll do. Yeah. It. <laughs> I'll bring us back in the news. Speaking <laughs> of old uh, metal bands kind of being relevant, this is this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we talked briefly about my love for the show Cobra Kai. Yeah. The uh, Karate Kid spinoff show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge, let me just say this. I love the Karate Kid, all three movies. That was like one of my favorite trilogies. You know, is it as good as Star Wars now? But it's close to me it and back to the future those are like the three holy trinity uh trilogies anyway exodus guitarist gary holt had a good laugh at the latest episode of cobra kai and i remember this this is funny apparently i wasn't paying too much attention to what was actually being played from his neighbor's house but uh this the, the character greg took his neighbor neighbor ray his name is actually Stinkray or Stingray, but his neighbor is like bitching at him. Mm-hmm. Takes him to task for blasting shitty Metallica all night. Mm. So apparently, like the character is supposed to be annoyed by the fact that he's blasting Metallica all night. But the song was actually Exodus's "Bonded by Blood." Oh, and so <laughs> he doesn't fault Greg because he's not familiar with the genre. <laughs> it's a cool shout out though for exodus yeah but, nice uh, it kind of sucks in my opinion that they got they said metallica though just because it's right that's ultimately i guess most people who aren't familiar with the thrash metal genre all all together that's probably the first band that you associate with for uh, sure you know, so and it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, was um, the neighbor kind of like, "Oh, he's always blasting that shitty Metallica shit like that"? Yeah. Like, was he yeah. saying it as a? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Like he was, Kleenex he was sort of like, versus tissue, like all thrash is Metallica. Is that? Yeah, kind yeah. of. If he was listening to Saint Anger, then shitty Metallica all the way. But Exodus, man, and I'm not yeah, too familiar awesome. with Exodus. I got to admit, uh, Bonded by Blood is uh, amazing. Is it really? Yeah, it is one of my favorite thrash records ever. It's I'm gonna so have to good. check it out. Speaking of covers, it has a hilarious cover too. It's got huh. like these Siamese twin babies, and one mm-hmm. of them is like happy, normal, pudgy baby, and then there's uh, the other one's attached to his back, and he looks like a demon and has like fiery black hair and is ripped as hell, has like abs. I don't know. Super good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If you've never seen a Siamese twin baby with abs, check out Bond. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out for sure. All right. So that's what I got for news. Nice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen and everybody else, let me tell you that this has been, Eric and I were talking about this. This has been one of the most difficult tasks that we forced ourselves to be a part of picking out our top 10 favorite album covers i don't know about you eric but this it this has just been really difficult and i still mm-hmm. question the 10 that i actually picked. oh like, yeah i'm i'm could gonna I have, say the ones i picked but i don't they're not it's not accurate i mean yeah same here i i don't know we can get into all that though yeah we yeah yeah we can, them, so. totally we could totally get into it uh yeah. who should go first I don't care who goes first. Go for it. 
Okay. Um, all right. I'll, I'll just go ahead and start it off. Sweet. Let me preface this by saying that, again, uh, this is not a ranking. So this is not in any order. I love each and every one of these covers for different reasons. The other thing is I thought about if I should put certain criterias mm -hmm. into place here. Ultimately, I came up with some of these. I didn't use any criteria at all. Some of these are just straight up my personal favorite, but mm -hmm. a lot of these I picked because of how iconic they actually are hmm. in terms mm -hmm. of, not just the influence of a lot of other just in pop culture and things like that, but also they were so iconic that they were the reason why I got into the band. Oh, um, cool. yeah. Sort of thing. And a lot of these are that. So actually there's a couple of bands and I'll explain where I actually picked not even necessarily my favorite album cover of mm. theirs, but I think, I picked them because I feel like they're the most representative of the band. Cool. And also because I think they're amazing. We're, we're also going to have room to talk about honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that. Okay. Nice. So I'm just going to list off the records in order that I've got here. The first one is the minor threat self-titled. Mm -hmm. um, it would be, like this i guess it was like a seven inch wasn't it the uh but it also has become the cover to their complete discography mm -hmm. to me the minor threat complete discography or self-titled of i'm assuming it's ian mckay who's kind of hunched over mm -hmm. on a set of stairs is the perfect um representation of hardcore at that time uh yes i think that there were other groups i mean you could also say the same thing about black flag damaged let's mm -hmm. not get it twisted here i just think that the urgency of that photo perfectly encapsulates the music that you hear mm -hmm. on that minor threat release and i also like the fact that they've done it in different formats and colors mm -hmm. i mean there's the red version which is i think probably the most common but they've done it in i've seen it in yellow i've seen it in blue um i've seen it in green uh and i think at this point i have to say that that could possibly be the most iconic hardcore at least in hardcore um photo there is mm -hmm. and there's obviously arguments you could make for it but to me i love that cover and it's always stood out to me the next one now this was really tough i could not possibly talk about any album cover list without talking about maiden it's just mm. there's no way i couldn't do it uh iron maiden in my opinion hands down the best album art in metal i mean that's mm -hmm. just that's that's what i think that's my stance i could pick any one of the first seven releases and even a couple after that mm -hmm. i mean honestly even like a couple of the albums i don't necessarily care for like the final frontier is beautiful album cover mm -hmm. uh not really necessarily one of my favorite albums but 
this is an example of one that I think, and this probably, this might be a controversial opinion and you might disagree with me here, Eric, but there's Mm -hmm. one album cover that I just think is perfectly represents Iron Maiden. And it was also the first album cover that I saw that drew me into Iron Maiden. Hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to put this on this list. This isn't even necessarily my personal favorite Maiden cover, but I do think Mm -hmm. it's up there. And that is the self-titled record. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, that is the perfect representation of Iron Maiden, the band that album cover mm-hmm. and it's it's iconic and so is killers so is number of the beast so is mm-hmm. peace of my i mean the first seven album covers are all iconic i mean yeah eddie is just iconic period um it gets people talking it gets people you know hyped up for whatever they're going to listen to mm-hmm. but more so than any other iron maiden album cover I hear the music in the artwork, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Sure. Um, on the self-titled one. The next one, and let me explain this a little bit. I love most black metal album mm-hmm. cover art. I think black metal has some of the best, most gorgeous album covers, like any artist. And I'm not even necessarily a huge black metal fan, but there are some uh, artists that I uh, love mm-hmm. and in black metal. And one of those artists is Dark Throne. In fact, I would say Dark Throne is probably my personal favorite black metal band. Mm. The thing I like about Dark Throne, and this is kind of going away from the whole uh, talk about album covers, but I love the fact that Dark Throne more than any other black metal band is willing to kind of challenge the black metal listener by going in all sorts of different directions with their music Mm -hmm. and with mixed results. I'll be the first to admit that, but I love just, I love the whole like thing, the whole like aesthetic with dark throne, in my opinion, probably the most iconic black metal album cover is dark thrones transylvanian hunger Mm -hmm. love that album cover it's so simple so black and white and in your face and perfectly again represents what you hear Mm -hmm. on that era of black metal lo-fi in your face almost anti-production again i hear the music in that artwork so perfectly and it it's it wasn't meant to get commercial attention it was just this photo of a guy in corpse paint right you know and and from that point on how many other black metal album covers ripped off the same image oh yeah Mm -hmm. like i mean seriously from that point forward um it's just unbelievable the next one is kind of a personal favorite of mine this is um my favorite hip-hop record we've talked about this uh, Dr. Octagon, Dr. Octagon Ecologist, mm-hmm. uh, Cool Keith. Love this album cover. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it's uh, got the the weirdness and the psychedelic vibes of the actual music, of the spacey production and lyricism of Cool Keith. 
Um, I think that this was pretty much cool Keith at his prime Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. I think he still puts out some great stuff today, but this is like a classic record. And the album cover got me interested, Mm -hmm. especially for a hip hop album cover. Oh, yeah. Never really seen a hip hop record with this type of cover before. Yeah. Sorry to cut in, uh, uh, but it's definitely the reason I checked it out. That illustrations by uh, Pusshead, who's my favorite illustrator. Yeah. He did all the Metallica stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it was surprising that I put it on. I was like, oh, okay. Hip hop. Weird. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. It's it's fantastic. Uh, The next one, uh, Mothers of Invention. We're only in it for the money. This Hmm. is my favorite Frank Zappa record. And it's also um, my favorite album cover by Frank Zappa. And he has some good, he has some great ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, just like Iron Maiden, pretty much any of the Mothers of Invention albums Mm -hmm. I could pick as like one of my favorites. But this right here is a spoof on Sergeant Pepper's Mm -hmm. Lonely Hearts Club Band. And it's just hilarious. Just like, pretty much every uh, Frank Zappa record. And there's also the other thing I really like about uh, Frank Zappa more than any other artist, I think was able to communicate what exactly he was singing about in the music with Mm -hmm. the visuals on the cover. Like there's actually like references, like another record that comes to mind is like overnight sensation Mm -hmm. where, you know, there's like, um, a song i am the slime on the radio uh and he's you know there's actual like there's actually like an illustration of like slime you know Mm. on like a like a tv screen you know i don't think frank zappa gets or got enough credit for his visual element of Mm. what he was also uh, trying to achieve with his vision Uh, But I also kind of feel the same way about his music. Yes, he was definitely, um, people know who Frank Zappa is. Did they really take him serious? And I think a lot of that has to do with how he approached his music in the first place. It wasn't really necessarily meant to be taken serious on a certain level, yet the guy was a self-trained classical composer, basically. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about someone who really knew his stuff when it came to composition and music theory. And in order to play in the band with Frank Zappa, you really had to know your shit. You mm-hmm. really had to know what you were doing. I don't think a lot of people know that about Frank Zappa, maybe more so now because there's documentaries, but I can't say enough good things about Frank Zappa. And mm-hmm. uh, I, he was a, a huge influence on me. Uh, if you haven't actually went through and dug through like the early mothers of invention records. I highly recommend it. The next, next one is a very simple one. And I just, I love the idea of this one. And that is flippers, generic flipper Mm -hmm. album. All it is, is just this like yellow cover with the words and it's got a barcode on it and it just says generic flipper. And it's, it's so simple and so basic. It almost seems like there wasn't any thought, but I'm pretty sure with Flipper is like the world's most intelligent, stupid band. Like <laughs> their, their music sounds stupid, 
But if you listen to their lyrics, I think it's incredibly smart. I think that this album, I can't say this for sure, but I would assume there was a statement involved. Maybe not. Maybe they were just like, let's just put out an album cover, you know, um, that is just very blank, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but that's also happened in the past before this and afterwards too. But for some reason, there's something about the way Flipper did it that I just really, really like. I can't explain it. Nice. So the next one is, again, another one that I picked because I just think it's so damn iconic mm -hmm. and may not even necessarily be my favorite album cover from them, but the Ramones, self-titled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The very first album where they're standing against that wall and looks like they might mug you or something, mm -hmm. you know? It's so iconic, such, again, such a simple, gritty photo. Mm -hmm. It's, it's funny too, because the music, I grew up thinking that the Ramones were like a fun band, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's everybody's first impression when you hear like, you hear like, I want to be sedated or something, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's what you think. But then you hear songs like 53rd and 3rd, which is on mm -hmm. this record, which is again, you hear the music in that photo. Like, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. there is no way they were faking that photo. And there was no way they were faking that music. I don't care what anyone says. I think the Ramones, I might even put this above Minor Threat. Like, mm -hmm. now that I think of it, like, yeah, Minor Threat might be second and Ramones might be first in mm -hmm. terms of just the perfect example of punk rock hmm. like through visuals yeah um but i also love the cover to too tough to die i think that's one mm -hmm. of that might be my favorite i love the family photo aspect of end of the century mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i think i think that's great um i also love like rocket to russia which is basically just like a um another version of the self-titled album. I mean, that's basically what leave home was too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So Ramon self-titled, love it. Love it. The next one is a group that I know you and I are both familiar with you probably more so than me, Eric, but residents mm -hmm. love the commercial album. Oh yeah. The commercial album For cover sure. is so good. I love the, you like kind of turn it upside down and the eyeball and everything. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's this really like sort of like neon fluorescent sort of, it almost like looks like it, it could glow in the dark or something. Yeah. Um, very cartoonish. Um, absolutely fantastic. Do you know who the artist was on that by any chance, Eric? I don't. Uh -uh. It's I, that I, same kind of cut up collage method that a lot of um residents and ralph records stuff uses but i don't know who did that stuff yeah unfortunately yeah, yeah fantastic stuff the next one is a is a total personal favorite and that is a men's recovery project mm -hmm. and um the album resist the new way oh okay. which um is i love the album cover to this because it reminds me of a comic book from like the eighties. And I mean that there's huge attention done to shape and form the way the buildings 
are kind of positioned. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost looks like he read uh, Sam McFeeders. I know he does. He does all the art to his own band, and uh, he also I think he did that with Born Against, as well as Men's Recovery Project. He was also in the Wrangler Brutes. I know that he did all the art to Men's Recovery Project mm-hmm. at least, and he's just a great artist. I, I love the fact that he shows all of these characters or whatever they are that are expressionless basically. Mm -hmm. So they're basically like aliens or something. Um, Yeah. Fantastic stuff. I love that one. And actually I almost put grappling with the hominids and uh, the Basra record. So yeah, I, those are all amazing. I, it always reminded me when uh, Tom goes to the mayor, when that came out, I always thought it kind of looked like those. I really think that Tim and Eric, were probably influenced by Born Against Mm -hmm. uh, because Tim and Eric both came from like the punk rock scenes and where they Mm. grew up, man. I don't know if you knew this, but Eric Wareheim was in a band um, called Ink and Dagger from like, uh, I want to say it was Philadelphia. I'm not sure. They were pretty big, weren't they? They were fairly big in like sort of the underground sort of, you know, the underground indie, um, Mm -hmm sort of hardcore scene they kind of did like they kind of pioneered uh, a lot of what my chemical romance and stuff brought wow. to the mainstream without being a black metal band they kind of did like the whole goth thing mixing like goth and punk and eric wareheim played bass for him for a little bit hmm. and I didn't know that that's cool. yes and so i would not be surprised one bit if hmm. sam mcfeeders was partly an inspiration for everything that tim and eric does nice so the last one that i am going to pick is the stooges Mm. iggy and the stooges raw Mm. power i was so hard for me to pick between this and funhouse because i love the collage aspect of funhouse and funhouse is probably my favorite stooges record but there's something about this photo of iggy pop in raw power that just again there's that urgency of like Ian Mackay on the minor threat seven inch, mm-hmm. you know, something about, I know I keep saying this over and over again, but I can hear the music mm-hmm. in this probably more so than the first, like the first Stooges album. It looks like a doors album cover, which is not bad, right. but that's, you know what I mean? I almost feel like that kind of, at that point, that kind of album cover had already been done. Mm-hmm. Um, Funhouse came out and both the album cover and the album, the music had not been done before that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then raw power. I feel like, I don't know. There was something just so basic yet. And I don't even basics, not the right word. Something. So just, I don't know in the moment about that photo of Iggy pop behind Mm -hmm. that microphone. Plus Iggy pop is one of my absolute favorite artists of all time. Yeah. Um, I never mentioned him on this show and I don't know why I love Iggy pop. Okay. So that's my 10 in no particular order. Well, I guess it's my turn then. (laughs) All right. I, uh, I had a really hard time with this too. I think my criteria that I came up with were basically record covers that captured my imagination. Mm-hmm. What I mean, and actually, as far as design goes, most of my choices are either going to be um, either very stark 
and graphic or very um, almost psychedelic or muted or fuzzy or ethereal. I don't even know how to describe it. So yeah, pretty much sharp or fuzzy is what most of my stuff is going to fall into. And the other element of it is, is did I set in my room, you know, all the way from when I was a kid till now, did I set and look at the album cover and was I sort of transfixed by it? What did it add to the music? Did it enhance the music I was listening to? So um, I'll have to start with the first record that I really remember feeling that way about. Um, And I'm sure before this, I had like stared at record covers before, like Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister and everything, but none of them confused me like this one did. And it's still one of my favorite records, Uh, but it's Cleanse, Fold and Manipulate by Skinny Puppy. Basically, I don't know what's going on with the cover. There's a face. You can't really, it's pretty androgynous. It has like a, a white blind eye this is well before any Marilyn Manson kind of stuff and it has like a digital face another digital face on it the background's almost like shredded metal like in Tetsuo Iron Man like that kind of shredded metal that moves around I don't know if you've watched that movie or not no no I have not. oh you should it's good and so that cover mixed with music like I had never heard before I had never heard industrial I had never heard anyone sing like that or even the sounds from that record. It pretty much, it really did blow my mind. Like there's a lot of music that has blown my mind in my life. This was the first time I was like, what in the hell? I thought only electric guitar music got released on tape, you know, like I didn't have any idea. So the cover to that one still kind of creeps me out, makes me feel connected and sort of smart and I don't know yeah kind of I find it attractive maybe that's because I was you know going through puberty when I listened to this but sure something about the face on there I'm like wow that's a really attractive face too anyway I can't describe it so the next one uh is plastic surgery disasters by Mm. the dead Kennedys this one also I was so creeped out by this cover that I, I, I'm still completely confused about it. So basically the cover is a full-size human hand holding what looks like the hand, like a tiny mummy's hand. I, it, I, it still freaks me out to this day, still totally weirds me out. Yeah, and I just remember listening to the music and knowing for a fact that these people were different because I had heard punk rock and I had heard hardcore and all of it was fine but it all had this aesthetic of like punk rock you know Mm -hmm. and for some reason this one didn't i was like they are trying to fuck with me and creep Mm. me out and they're doing it another one that really captured my mind was uh the clockwork orange soundtrack uh, oh yeah by, by wendy carlos now that one's sort of a cheat because it's the movie poster sure um but I didn't know that I, it, that movie came out, you know, a decade before I was born. And so I only knew this artwork from that. And so, yeah, yeah I would I just sit and look at that while I listened to it. And it just blew my mind just completely away. So a lot of these, like I said, because of my uh, criteria are going to fall within a certain time frame of my life. So another one that had that kind of effect was Nevermind the Bollocks by the Sex Pistols. Oh, yeah. 
because you were talking about what represents punk rock like i the iconography of punk rock you know and i think you could argue for a lot of different things i think the ones that you mentioned minor threat ramones i think you could also mention the london calling cover sure i think that's pretty iconic even even the stooges to a certain extent yeah for sure but for me the just the typeface the kind of tearing away of sort of the uh ransom note element of the lettering and the colors just like this sort of hot pink slash salmon color with like a fuchsia neon green kind of color i was just like what the hell it's like day glow you know yeah and so i i just i think that added to the music a lot because the music itself unfortunately to me now looking back on it just kind of comes off as like rock and roll Sure. If that makes any sense. And like, of course, Johnny Rotten's vocals are very different than other things happening at the time. But musically, like it's kind of it's like that Eddie and the hot rods, you know, it's like mm-hmm. pub rock almost. And so I think that cover took it to another level. You were like, well, this is different because you don't think of Steve Jones being like some tough guy playing at a pub. You know, you think of him as someone that would have hot pink on his record cover. So Mm -hmm. I think it added a lot. Another one that really does it for me and did it for me uh, is Transformer by Lou Reed. Mm. I think that it's beyond iconic. I think Lou Reed at that time was kind of trying to reinvent himself, you know, or Mm -hmm. at least sort of break away a little bit from the Velvet Underground. Mm -hmm. And I think that just the record cover i mean the music does too obviously when you get to it but i think that cover would make you go whoa what's going on here like absolutely this is that psychedelic acid rock kind of noise guy or whatever you know like Mm -hmm. it's like no he's a glam dude and dark glam dude you know like Mm -hmm. a lot of people a lot of glam didn't go for that yeah and so he sort of did and i think that's pretty cool Let's see, what else do I have on here? The Head on the Door by The Cure mm. is mm. another one that I just sat and looked at and tried to figure out what the hell was going on, you know? Because, like, as far as I can tell, it it is abstract. Maybe I'm wrong, but I always thought it looked kind of like an owl flying away or someone holding the camera and shaking it around. I have no idea what it is. And uh, it's still to this day, I look at it and I'm just like, what is going on? And the just the the typeface and the of the cure and the head on the door, the typeface on the album really lets you know you're in for sort of like kind of a trip, like kind of yeah. um, an experience. The weird thing is up to this point, you kind of knew that with what the cure was putting out. You know, like Mm -hmm, pornography, you knew after that, whatever came out, you had to be pretty invested. The cool thing was, though, Head on the Door sort of gave you some upbeat moments, too, you know, and it it sort of broke away. And then all of a sudden the album cover is like, whoa, this isn't all dark, you know. And so the album cover itself changes as you listen to the record. Right. At least how it feels. And that's a pretty big deal. And there's, I don't have a lot of record covers that I can think of that work that way for me. Uh, then let's see. I also had a Resonance album cover on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Eskimo is the oh, it's a good one cover I chose. And the reason is 
is because up to that point, I feel like the residents, they had a very specific sort of thing going on. They were very anti, anti everything. They were anti music. Mm -hmm. They were anti music industry. They were anti art, you know, uh, they were even anti human as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah. And so the first time I saw the, uh, Eskimo record cover, I was like, wait a minute, this is really beautiful. I think it's a painting. I'm pretty sure it's a painting and it's gorgeous. And it presents the, the residents in all their iconic glory. And it's, I think, again, when you listen to the record, you're hearing it in a different way because of the record cover. I think that if it had sort of that cut up, uh, violent sort of artwork that the um, albums before that had, you would hear it in a totally different way. Instead, Eskimo comes off as pretty ambient in places and really pretty. And I don't know how much of an effect of that is from the album cover. So yeah, that's pretty cool. So the next one is Electric Lucifer by Bruce Hack. Mm. I just think it's gorgeous. That's just, a great one. Yeah, I just think it's really beautiful. And honestly, as far as psychedelic album covers, I could have had a million of them. Yeah. I, I'm still kicking myself for not having Disraeli Gears on here by Cream. Mm -hmm. In effect, I still think that's one of the coolest record covers ever. But since I chose the criteria, I sort of stayed away from certain things like Velvet Underground and Nico and Sgt. Pepper and Nevermind and like all these album covers that are so well known that it's like, right, right. What's even, why should we even talk about them? You know, and some of those psychedelic covers are sort of like that, like Disraeli Gears by Cream or uh, Space Ritual by Hawkwind. Is yes amazing of course and just you know like that grateful dead record that i can never say the name of the album the right. axo one whatever they're all gorgeous and they're all amazing electric lucifer though it added to the music to for me because i don't understand bruce hack and i don't understand how he came up with all the things he came up with and so this album cover just sort of adds to that mystery the other ones I feel are a statement, like we're a psychedelic band or we're, this is a psychedelic record. And with Bruce Hack, it's like, this is not psychedelic music. This is just another example of him being way out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why I really like that one of all the more psychedelic covers. Uh, the last one for me is going to be the self-titled Danzig record. Um, mm. Great one. And the, the main reason for this being on the on my list here is that this is a double this was a gatefold record and the entire gatefold is the danzig skull mm -hmm. it couldn't be more iconic it couldn't be more yeah. graphic and such a statement you know like after the misfits and, and let me get this out of the way i know everyone hates danzig and thinks he's a fool and stuff that's fine he buys kitty litter and he gets knocked out. Great. But I love Danzig and I don't really care <laughs> what anyone yeah. says. But after the Misfits, I think it felt like Danzig was floundering a little bit. Um, I think that Sam Hain or Sal Wynn, however you say it. Um, I think that it was a really good idea and I think they have some good music, but it wasn't what needed to happen for Danzig right after the Misfits, I don't think. But I think when Danzig put out the self-titled, 
he couldn't have been more like, this is it. This is what I do. This is the statement, you know? And that album cover just said that. It didn't even say the name, his name on it. It's just sure. like, it's like, you know, this skull and you're going to buy it or you don't and, and fuck off. Cause I'm Danzig, you know, it was just such a big statement. And not only that, but since it was a double gatefold, of course it was above the door going out of my bedroom for pretty much my entire youth from middle school till I moved out of my parents' house. My Danzig record was above the door of my bedroom. And so for me personally, it doesn't get any bigger of an influence than that. You know, you see it every single day. Yeah. And so, and not to mention, I love the, the music on, on that first Danzig record. And it only adds to the toughness of the whole thing. It's mm -hmm. just like, there literally couldn't be less bullshit on this cover. Like <laughs> this is the definition of no, no bullshit. You know, yeah. like even having just a totally black cover is more bullshit than having that giant skull, you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> so that's my, my, my top 10 there. So yeah. What'd you okay. have for, um, honorable mentions? Okay. The first one, sunny day, real estate diary. Hmm. Um, the album cover to this is great in a, in in a different way, it kind of reminds me of the Men's Recovery Project one mm -hmm. because it's cartoony. It's a totally different style of like colorfulness and kind of, you know, there's a lot of like, I guess, pastels or something um, in the in the colors and just a lot of just beautiful uh, contrasts going on. It's just it's fantastic. But again, the thing that I really like is that it appears that there are these characters that are just completely expressionless to whatever is going on, but it's almost silly. They're like these characters. They look like cylinders with heads on them or something. Hmm. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but nonetheless, um, the way that this album looked got me interested in wanting to listen the cover they're all kind of like gathered around this thing that's going on i don't know like a, like a toaster's on fire or something mm -hmm. and they're all still smiling right. just completely oblivious to it and there's there's something about that it's almost like sunny day real estate's music in a way too again i guess i know i keep saying this but i hear the music in this cover <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what i mean that's the kind of stuff i love i love when the bands are able to just communicate their vision and sound through the album cover. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So the next one is another black metal one and it is uh, mayhem mm -hmm. and it is their album. Uh, D mysterious Dom Satanas. Mm. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's this, total it's this really dark spooky looking like mansion type of house or it may not even be a mansion mm -hmm. but it is uh i don't know it's really haunting and it really puts me in mind too this is gonna sound really weird but i remember growing up i remember for some reason when i was like seven eight years old when my parents at night would drive down like second or third street, mm -hmm. those old looking houses 
that are on second and third street Mm -hmm. were terrifying to me when I was like six or Mm. seven years old. I mean, they, they just looked like they belonged in a horror movie Mm. and Mm -hmm. this, the album cover to this looks like that. It totally just, it looks like the perfect scene for a horror movie. Just this really dark mm-hmm. blue glowing like house yeah. with pointy seat, like almost like a castle or something. Yeah. And then the mayhem logo. And mm-hmm. it's just, it just looks like there's going to be dark shit on this album. And oh. there is, that's, <laughs> that's all it is. That's all mayhem is, is dark shit. Like, I can't think of any better way to describe it. Can you? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's nope, dark works shit. for me. Exactly. So uh, the next one I want to talk about is another Iggy Pop record. Mm-hmm. And that is his first album, The Idiot. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this record. It's kind mm-hmm. of one that I feel is overlooked a little bit. Mm. Um, maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Maybe that's just how I feel about it. And it's not true, but I don't know. I never really hear people talk about the idiot, mm. but I love the album cover because oh yeah, me too. it's just this, I don't know. He's in this ridiculous pose, which Iggy pop, in my opinion, is one of the most photogenic rock stars yeah. <laughs> of all time. I mean, <laughs> the dude can make anything look good. The next one, the Melvin's Lysol, or it's the self-titled album cover. Mm. the the great thing about this record it was originally called lysol Mm -hmm. but they ended up getting a cease and desist order from the lysol company Mm. and so then they had to put like stickers over the lysol logo oh and it's just another like it's just a very fitting album cover for a melvin's album cover Mm. i mean it's 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 an indian on a horse like kind of just mm-hmm. looking up at the sky and it's the music there's an alice cooper cover on here mm. and there's just a lot of like tribal sort of influence on this record i i don't know uh it i i just think it's a really cool album cover i think it's a really beautiful painting that's just another but really in the melvins i mean bullhead is another great album cover mm-hmm. and so is houdini yeah uh, Mel, melvins have always put out great album covers but that's mm-hmm. the main reason why i like this album cover is because i just think it's a gorgeous painting yeah nice um, really really nice and then the last one god there's so many i can think of between like david bowie mm-hmm. um couple of queen album covers but i think the one i'm gonna i'm gonna go with a lesser maybe a lesser known one mm-hmm. and that's voivod's killing technology mm. i love this album cover because it's just it's like i can't even really describe what it is other than like sci-fi as shit <laughs> it's you know and that's kind of what yeah. you could almost say uh, you could almost say that that's exactly what Voivod is. Yeah, they, At least they are sci-fi as shit. Basically, what it looks like to me is the inside of a ship. Yeah. With like maybe some robot alien type thing running the boards or something. Nice. And I love it. I And, and Voivod is, is another one that I think has always had excellent album cover yeah i really like the angel rat cover it's always yeah the the movie the fog or something it's like yeah what is going on here i I like like the angel (laughs) i like that and i also like the outer limits 
Yeah. Um, I also think that Phobos is another interesting one. And uh, oh, yeah. Dimension, Dimension Hastris. I mean, yeah. they've, they're all good. Voivod is such an interesting, interesting band. Yeah. Okay, let's hear yours. So I forgot one on my main list, by the way. I forgot to say one of them. So I'll say it now. The last one on my main top 10 list was Lift Your Skinny Fists Like Antennas to Heaven by oh, Godspeed, you Black Emperor. I just think it's so graphic. And actually, it was hard to choose between this and the F-sharp, A-sharp, Infinity, because I think they're both perfect for what they are. You know, there's such grand they seem if it were anyone else it would seem really pretentious but for them it's like if you're gonna uh, let yourself spend the next hour with these people wrapping your head around what they're doing and what they're working on then this artwork is perfect for it you know mm -hmm. i think if you had an album cover like lift your skinny fists and then it was just like regular pop songs or something it would suck mm -hmm. but the fact that it's so grandiose. It's like the, it works perfectly for it. Mm -hmm. um, and Godspeed, almost more than just about any band I can think of, except maybe the Residents, had such control over their aesthetic and such control over the physical ephemera that they released. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's amazing. I think it really inspired bands from that point on to be like oh let's include this little thing and this little thing and individualize everything you know because it really worked for godspeed i think that's sure. why a lot of people ordered the records instead of just downloading them it was like well i want that postcard or that smashed penny or whatever you know and so yeah i just love godspeed's artwork in general so on to my honorable mentions uh, first one would be the Bad Brains, self-titled. Mm -hmm. um, it's iconic as shit. I mean, it's yeah. just, it says everything it needs to say. We're from D.C. We're a threat. We're also Rastafarians. <laughs> like, all yeah. that's covered on just a picture of the Capitol being zapped by lightning. And the lightning, the lightning bolt itself is just... The dimensions of it are so perfect. I just, I, I, I just think it's a, a really amazing drawing, and um, really kind of said what the band was about before you even heard one note. So yeah, the next one is actually more of a recent one, Lingua Ignata, mm. the Caligula record. Mm -hmm. I just think that shit's amazing. That's a real tattoo that says Caligula across their chest, and then they just called the album that. And mm -hmm. it really also kind of gets you ready for what you're about to hear. She went through the pain. And let me tell you, chest tattoos hurt real bad. I'm um, sure they do. She went through the pain of that just for a record cover, essentially. And that it's, it's crazy to me. The next one would be uh, South of Heaven by Slayer. Mm. I was pretty dang captivated by that when it came out. In fact... I was a little nervous looking at it. Like every once in a while I would get the cassette out to play it and I would purposely not look at the cover. It kind of creeped me out. So, but I've had that with multiple things, usually like um, uh, when I was much younger, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, South of Heaven for some reason really um, 
all their record covers are just, well, I mean, not all, but the first few are just, they really tried to scare you. And I think they did a really, they did a Absolutely. nice job. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, the next one would be uh, Dummy by Portishead. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, just really confusing. I don't know what's going on here. It's It looks like Beth Gibbons, the singer, maybe bound in a chair or something. Um, and it looks like just fuzzy film. It looks like it's like a still from a film. So it kind of seems like a, a snuff film. But the thing is, I'm I, the way I'm saying this sounds like it's uh, misogynistic and, and uh, brutal towards women or something. That's not the case at all. I would implore you to look up the cover to Dummy by Portishead. It's just more like you don't know what this could possibly be a still from and it definitely appears to be a still from something mm -hmm. and so that level of mystery and then add the music into that too and it just seems out of nowhere it's like what what is this you know sure and, um, i think that's great and speaking of very mysterious things the last record that i will mention is a lesser known butthole surfers release called double live I don't know if you've hmm. ever seen the cover for that. Mm, well, let me, uh, let me uh, look it up here real quick. It I think is, so. so I, back in the day, Muscatine had a co-op records for a little I remember while. that. Yeah. I remember that. And so this was a record that I don't even remember how I got it because I went with my mom to co-op and she said I couldn't get it because it was so messed up. And the fact that the, band is called butthole surfers I don't right, think really right, right. helped my case at all but i, <laughs> I think i had now. yeah i think i had either my sister or my aunt drive me to co-op and i got it i still can't look at it without getting severe heebie-jeebies yeah it's so and, fucking um, weird again i would ask that everyone look it up because everything i say is going to sound like i'm making fun or putting down yeah. or or I don't know, being like ableist or something, or even just st stuck on people's looks or something. But all I can say, all I'm going to say is that the cover is from a live Butthole Surfer show. Uh, it's a performance artist on the cover. And this performance artist physically has a lot of interesting sort of features. Okay. I since have learned the story about how this photograph came to be but I'm not going to tell you. And I would hope that you don't find out either because it's way more fun to just be terrified of it. Interesting. So yeah, double live. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, um, do you still have this record? I don't have it anymore. I'm, do you know how much it's going for a on Amazon right now? <laughs> I don't even want to know. You don't want to know? Cause I'll, uh, you can I, tell, I could me. tell you okay. $365 and 62 cents. Wow. That's over yeah. a buck a day for the next yeah, year. No shit. Uh, that <laughs> I almost, I almost put a butthole surfers album on my top 10 list. Locust abortion. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah I almost that's, did that's like too. One of my favorites, but yeah. Um, also the Muscatine co-op you mentioned. Yeah. The only memory I have about it. Cause it was only in town for a very short period of time yeah half a uh, year maybe I think. half a year maybe yeah. and it was in that mall that has like that little strip mall that has dominoes and stuff mm -hmm. now and it used to have taco john's and hungry hobo right 
Uh, but anyway, I, the only memory I have of it is that is where I got my cassette copy of Open Up and Say Ah by Poison. Nice. <laughs> the only, only memory I have of it. And I think also some long-haired dude who looked like he should have been like in Nelson or something worked there. Wow. Yeah, if I, I don't remember, remember correctly. If you're that long-haired dude, get a hold of us. Dude, if you, you might even be in Nelson. You never know. Yeah, if you're a member of Nelson or used to work at Muscatine Co-op or yeah. Or both. Yeah. Let us know. <laughs> Let yeah. us know, dude. I think Nelson was from Muscatine. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so yeah, Nelson was the original uh, you know, like twin rock band. Like who they, else are is there? Well <laughs> Island Boys. Uh, <laughs> Island Boys. Well, there's there's Hansen. Hansen, uh, but they weren't I guess yeah. they weren't they weren't twins, but they were all brothers. There's also um I mean, Millie Vanilli kind of look alike. They were related, though. Yeah, they kind of look alike. But, you know, actually, um, I do listen to Millie Vanilli somewhat often. They have two really cool songs. Hmm. Are you are you being serious? Um, you know, there is one song that I truly love. Uh, huh. Is it uh, Girl, I, You Know It's True? No, it's, uh, it's uh, The Dream Is Over. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I remember the dreams. That's a great, that is a great song. Sure. Killer. It's a tragedy for me to see the dream is over. Like, that's the shitty thing is like, the singing isn't good anyway. Right. On the Millie Vanilli stuff. The music's bad. So it's like, who cares who sang that shit? And at least, (laughs) at least the tape didn't skip during that song. Could you imagine how catastrophic that would be? Girl, you know it's girl, you know. (laughs) That's my favorite thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. And they're like, they just do the cabbage patch off the stage. Do we have any shows coming up? I'm I'm just curious. God damn, I almost forgot. (laughs) Uh, shows. Let's find out, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> let's do i i really did I don't, did you really forget about the shows well i mean i forgot that i was going to talk about them oh. There's, <laughs> there are not that many again that's okay um tonight january 13th in human condition with macabre and the crusadists that's a great name isn't it at yeah, lefties. It, it wasn't until I said it out loud. Like, oh, <laughs> sadist. I get it now. Crusadist. Yeah. Crusadist, yeah. Um, and Elysian. In Human Condition features Terry Butler of Obituary. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's oh at, wow. Yeah. At lefties. So that would be tonight that you're hearing this. The 13th. Friday, Siraku with Kongju. And Void Dweller. Mm. Yeah, I know, right? Where's that at? Um, at Pallister Brothers Brewing Company, which appears to be around a Tumwa. Soraku is ambient noise. Kongju just says a black ball of music. And <laughs> Void Dweller. I love Void Dweller. Yeah, Void Dweller, dude. That, that right there. That's the shit. That would be enough to go out and yes. terrorize the town. Yeah, do that. Paint the town black and white. I don't know. That's kind of Void Dweller's aesthetic, right? Yeah. Uh, 
So that's on the 15th. And then on the 16th, on Sunday, again at Lefty's, Archers with What Lies Within, Careful Gaze, and Too Far Off. I wasn't able to find a whole lot going on, everybody. So okay. I'm I'm sorry about that. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah. I think it's the new year still. People are getting used to doing stuff. And there's a, a terrible... Um, million people killing pandemic out there so yeah you know it's just just one of those things it's cold nearly certain death um you know stuff like that keeps people away from shows and from setting mm -hmm. up shows so anyway that's all i got for shows all right man yeah. so i guess now is the big finale isn't it the big finale okay. the big finale so let's get it started um all right so i was thinking maybe you could stand next to me eric and then I'll stand behind you and then we'll go ahead and set off the fireworks. So I'll start off. Wait, you're going to stand behind me lighting fireworks? <laughs> well, no, the fireworks are going to go off behind me. Oh, okay. Somebody yeah. else is setting off the fireworks. I, I don't know who it is, but Whoa. Uh, hey, yeah. the unknown third person in our podcast. Get somebody to set off these fireworks, will you? Yeah. yeah. See, we've got it taken care of now. Oh, my God. Okay, so on the count of three. Oh, oh God, man, they, no, you're supposed to wait till the. It was just one. It was just one. Okay, it was just one. All right, so let's count off three. Whoa, <laughs> start yeah, prematurely man. again. Uh, <laughs> uh, this time, dude, we we don't have premature enough budget. Firework These fireworks are very expensive. <laughs> premature the whole... explosion. Yeah. yeah, I've had that issue in the past. You guys are just wasting them. Come on. All right. All right. Let's count at three. Three, two, one. All right. Let them off. Oh, are you guys telling me that you used up all the fireworks before the big finale? Oh, my gosh. Eric. They only had two, they said. Eric, we cannot hire any more people for this podcast we just can't afford it. no more the supply chain no more right. strangers yeah i don't trust them and i don't like them i mean i don't even have candy to give them that we promised so <laughs> it's no way you're supposed to take candy from strangers not give candy to strangers oh is that oh so that's the biggest thing that's that's where i fucked up sorry yeah that's why uh, you never got kidnapped loser ah jeez Oh, oh my god. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. This is Oh my god, I think you, you just gave me covid. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that for oh, microphones now? Something happened. Oh, all yeah. of a sudden my lungs are like <laughs> wheezing. All right. There's Damn. Like a, well, I like, I apparently have to go die now. Coughed up, coughed up so bad that your throat is like coming out of your mouth. That, <clears> that's <throat> what happened. Yep. The throat that, mouth. That is what has so throat mouth. We got throat mouth fireworks. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed our podcast tonight. Yeah. yeah, I hope. I hope so too. Thank you for listening. Good night, guys. Yeah. Good night, guys. <laughs> Good night, guys. I don't know. Is that... <laughs> oh. oh, my lungs. <laughs>